So I want to talk about um, fatherhood. Mother's Day is coming up fairly soon, so I thought perhaps we'd talk about fatherhood a little bit this morning. Uh, and maybe especially Andy becoming a dad a year ago was, was such a special occasion, I'm sure. So I thought I'd, I'd focus on that. Um, but I'm looking at the fatherhood of God as well as the fatherhood that we have, the parenthood that we have as people, as parents of children, grown up or small. So I want to read to you from the Psalms, and I want to read from Psalm 103, starting at verse 8. Um, if you have one of the blue Bibles around you, perhaps if someone could look up Psalm 103 and shout out where what page that's on, that will help us. 605. Page 605 in, in the blue church Bibles, if you've got one of those. So Psalm 103, uh, starting at verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. What a wonderful gift children are. Do we agree? Yes, says the new parents. What a wonderful gift children are. And as the father of two girls, I, I have a particular place in my heart for daughters more than sons. So Zoe, there you go. <laughs> but I'm a bit of a softie, really, for babies and, and young children in, in general. But, you know, daughters, they're just that little bit extra adorable, aren't they? Aren't they practically perfect in every way, like Mary Poppins? Well, that's what they would have us believe. <laughs> no, says the dad of two other girls. <laughs> Andy, Joe, I don't know if, if Zoe has been naughty to date, but I can tell you this, she will be. <laughs> she will be, I'm sorry, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, I can tell you that with a smile, because A, I've been there, and B, sometimes you just have to laugh at what they get up to. Maybe it's up your sleeve, or but sometimes, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? And we hinted maybe in our dedication service a little bit uh, at some of those more difficult times that are to come as parents. You know, parents, godparents, the whole church, we promised to stand by Andy and Joe with Zoe and to help them and prayed for strength in times of weakness. But do you know what? That's our weakness, not Zoe's. We're the ones who need that strength to be the good parents, the good godparents, the good family to them. As Christians, uh, Andy and Joe will look to God and their Heavenly Father for guidance and inspiration and strength in their journey of parenthood. And that's not just a nice idea. Getting to know God as our Father, as Abba or Daddy, which is the word that Jesus used for his Father God. Getting to know Father God as Daddy, that close relationship, which is echoed by Paul. He also calls him Abba Father. We gain an understanding of God's Father heart for all of us. 
And so that helps in us being the best parents we can ever be to our children. So I read a psalm, and that psalm was written by David, King David, David who was a shepherd, David who became a king, David who was a great warrior, but David who was also a renowned musician and poet. He captures some of the essential love of Father God, which is both an example to all parents and an inspiration to everyone in regard to the amazing love that God has for you and for me. Just as an aside, you may or may not know that, that King David is, is, is held up as, as a great example in the Bible. Yes, he was a king, he was a warrior, he was a poet, he was this big Renaissance man before Renaissance man was ever thought of. He was also a broken man. He was also a man who knew sin and shame in his life. But he was also a man who knew he could turn back to God and expect love, even in his brokenness. Let's have a look a bit more at that psalm uh, about fatherhood and father God. Let's read those first two lines. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love, Andy, as a dad. Slow to anger and abounding in love. God's example to us is, above all, one of love. How that we earthly parents could be slow to anger and abounding in love. How many times do we lose it when we should be patient? How many times do we show anger when we should show love. It's the classic, isn't it? Your child goes missing or gets lost or has an accident or some terrible thing happens, and sometimes our initial reaction is to be angry with them. That's perhaps a measure of the depth of our passion expressed in the wrong kind of way. Our love for them and our relief comes out in the wrong kind of way. When it should be love, we perhaps get a little bit upset and angry. God is the opposite. God always expresses his compassion when we come to him hurt, his love when we come to him sorrowful, when we come to him having messed up. What is God really like? What example does he give us? And how? what can we aspire to? Well, let's read this next bit. What is God like? He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. That is good news. That is good news for everyone. If that's how we treat our children, they're going to love us. They're going to love us because they know they can come to us in any any desperate, disastrous situation and know that we're going to love them and not wag the finger. Some people... Some people imagine God as an old man with a big stick up in the sky, ready to beat you up, to find fault and condemn. That's not the kind of dad anybody wants, nor the kind of parents that Andy and Joe want to be. Portraying God as an angry man in the sky, just looking for an excuse to to smite you, is completely wrong. God doesn't want or need to scare people into some kind of zombie-like obedience. Instead, he loves them. And he loves them. And he loves them. He loves us. And he loves us. 
And he loves us until we can't help but love back. That's why we encouraged Andy and Joe to display their love one for another as husband and wife, that Zoe would see the special love they have and want to know that love for herself. The Bible talks about marriage as a picture of the relationship between God and his church, between Jesus and his church, the bride. And it's in that understanding of the right kind of love in marriage between a man and his bride, between a husband and wife and a wife and husband. It's in understanding that that we begin to get a clear picture of the love that God, the love that Jesus has for you and for me. So Andy and Joe, looking to God for strength, will want to love Zoe with all they have. And in return, to enjoy the freely given love of their daughter Zoe. And that's the key. Love, so that their love might return, freely given. And that's how it is with God and in us. The story all the way through the Bible is of a compassionate God, a loving God who forgives Again, and again, and again, who gives second, third, multiple chances for his people to turn back and love him. That's the example we have. So what has God done? We sometimes say, well, what do people do? They might talk a good talk, how do they act? The next part of the psalm says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. What has God done? He sent his son. He could see that people kept wandering off. A lot of the story of of, of the Old Testament is how God's chosen people keep wandering away and going their own way and doing their own thing. And God knows that on their own, people can't do, can't do enough. Can't do enough to stay close to him. Can't do enough to stay in close relationship. We get tempted away by this, that, and the other. What's the answer? God sent his son Jesus to deal with the issue at hand. God sent his son Jesus to tell us about the Father. That was his mission on earth, to tell you about Father God, And to tell you about his kingdom, the place where you can find rest, the place where you can find a home, the place where you can enjoy the loving of a father God who just wants to put you under his arm. So he told us about father God, but then there's this problem. We're in a mess. We do things our way. This problem is summed up in the Bible by calling it sin, but it's it's actually just a rejection of God and not wanting to, to do things his way, of thinking we know best. So what does Jesus do? He pays the price of sin. He himself becomes the sacrifice that is necessary to pay for all of our messing up, all of our rejection of God, all of our deciding to go our own way, however we might call that, all of our sin, Jesus came to deal with it. And he dealt with it on the cross so that not only does he tell us about the Father, not only does he tell us about the kingdom of which we can be a part, but he opens the gates for us to enter into that relationship with Father God, to know him as Daddy without any 
concerns other than to say, Lord, I want to follow you. You are the Christ. You are my Lord. I will live your way. And he's dealt with our sin, dealt with it there and then. He becomes our saviour. We talk about, oh Lord, our saviour. He has saved us. And that's the good news. That's the good news that's in the Bible, the good news of Jesus, what we call the gospel. The good news is, is one of unconditional love poured out for me and for you. I didn't have to do anything to earn it. I wasn't even alive at the time. But Jesus knew each and every one of us and said, I'm going to die for you anyway, whatever you're like. It's not the gospel of the soap operas where sons and daughters are rejected with those words, you're dead to me. Instead, Jesus died so that we might live. It's a gospel of sacrifice. It's a gospel of a life laid down so that others can live. That's the God way, not the world way. Why? Why would God do this? Why would God send his son to die for us? Why would God, who's all-powerful, all-present, created all that we see, why would he do that for you and for me? Let's just finish off that psalm. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we our dust. Let's just pull back and look at why we're here today, to dedicate Zoe back to God. Through a miracle of conception, through another miracle of birth, Andy and Joe have a wonderful gift, their daughter Zoe. As Christian parents, they acknowledge God's key part in the birth of their daughter. In Genesis, the Bible describes how God formed the man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Elsewhere, Paul says in Acts that it's in him we live and move and have our being. Yes, we're dust. Yes, we're made from the dust of the earth. Some people might say we're made from stardust because that's where it all comes from in the cosmos. Yes, we are made of a, a bunch of chemicals and water that seems to know what it's doing somehow. But we are more than that because God breathed his breath of life into man when he created him. We are something else. We are spiritual beings. And so, Father, God has compassion on us because he knows that we're, we're built of this earthy stuff that gets it wrong, that can be like mud at times rather than like gold. And yet he also knows that he breathed into us that breath of life and he has compassion on us and sent his son, Jesus. And so, perhaps even more so, because God knows what we're like, how we were made, where we came from. He loves us. He knows everything about us, good or bad, and yet he loves us because he is love. Andy and Joe can't help but love Zoe. I pray, with confidence I pray, that will always be the case, that they will love Zoe just because she is. Just because she is. Because God has filled them with his love, they too can love in that godly kind.
kind of way. And that's available to all of us. Do you know, many of us here have known the blessing and the joy of having children. And we also know the challenge as they grow. The mistakes they make, how they have to learn, often the hard way, how things are. Once a parent, always a parent. Some, a number of us here have got grown-up children. Ours are in their 30s. Others here have children older than that. Some here have children in this room and have known the interesting times of that journey. And yet, God's love at the very core of their families holds them together. And as we come across these little challenges, as Zoe behaves in ways that you might not want her to, God's love stands ready for you. God's love stands ready for you to strengthen you and encourage you and allow you to pour out love, even when you feel exasperated, even when you feel, why? Even when you feel, please, tidy your room. All of those times, it's God's love filling us, which enables us to transcend who we are as dust, who we are in ourselves, and love in that all-loving, all-compassionate way. In the same way, God's love stands ready to receive each and every one of us into his family. Not to reject any of us out of spite. Not to cut any of us off because of we're so awful or so terrible. Because he sent his son. And if he didn't accept us through Jesus, through a conviction that Jesus is the Son of God and the Messiah and the Savior, if God doesn't accept us in that way, he's making a mockery of his own son's sacrifice. But he does. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what Jesus came to do. And so because Jesus came and showed us what Father God is really like, in his love and in his compassion, showed us what the kingdom of God is like now as well as in the future. Because we've had that offer, we have an opportunity to respond. So I wonder, will you respond to God's love in the way that we pray Zoe will respond to Andy and Joe's love? By loving God back, just as we pray, Zoe will love mum and dad back because of the love they pour into her. Will Zoe want to please mum and dad because of that love? I'm sure she will. Do we want to please God because of his love? Not because he's a big God who might smite us with a stick, but because he's daddy and loves us and sent his son to die for us. So just as Andy and Joe have have dedicated Zoe back to the Lord and dedicated themselves to bring her up in God's way, we too can choose. We can choose if we're going to live God's way. It's a free choice. God doesn't want a bunch of zombies. God doesn't want a bunch of robots. God wants children who will offer him their love back out of a freedom of knowing his love to them. Jesus is that way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And that might sound arrogant, 
until you recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. And if you recognize that in your heart and say yes to his invitation, he will gather you up and you will know Father's love in your life too. You can do that. You can do that today. You could ask God into your life today. You could say, Lord, I've realized that you are the Son of God. I've realized that God's love is there for me just to reach out and receive. And I want to receive that love through you, Lord. You could do that today if you've never, ever done that before. I'm going to ask the band to come up and and lead us in our last song. But I want to say to anybody this morning, if, if you've never responded to God's love in that way, do you want this love? If you've never responded to God's love in that way, you have an opportunity now. You can come to speak to anybody who's been up the front here leading our, our service, and we will talk to you about God's love and how you can receive that. Maybe you've come with somebody this morning who you know is a Christian. Maybe you're friends of Andy and Joe, and you'd like to hear about how they came to know God's love and how it changed their lives. Talk to them as well. We'd love to share more with you, and that opportunity is open for you today. But for now, we're just going to end in some worship. Father God, we thank you for your love. Father God, we honor you for your love, and we honor you for the gift of your Son, as well as honoring you for the gift of our own children. And as we turn to you again in worship, Lord, we give you our hearts, we give you our souls, we give you our bodies. We ask you, Lord, to lead us in your way. In Jesus' name, amen.